This is Scott Redd of Reformed Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C., and I just want to give you a heads up that starting next week, we here at the Faculty Podcast are going to start a new series on the Ten Commandments. We're going to talk about what the Ten Commandments are, how we should understand them in their Old Testament setting, what did they mean for Israel, and they, what do they mean for us today in light of the ministry, the death, the resurrection, and glorification of Jesus Christ. And so I'm looking forward to the whole group getting back together and discussing week by week, going through the Ten Commandments, bringing in some special guests, and just having a good time studying this ever so important topic from biblical theology. So until then, enjoy this last session uh, of our um, summer shorts with Timo Sazo and Tommy Keen talking about prayer. So we all have the experience of praying together with the church and our experience can be very positive and sometimes can be difficult. We can be distracted um, by children, by other people in the service, by our worries. And it's it's hard to concentrate and pay attention and engage with a, a prayer that someone else is doing. Help me think through how can we benefit uh, or how can we do this better? Um, praying together with the church, praying with our, our leaders, or praying as others pray for us. Yeah, I, I struggle with that too, especially, you know, listening to other people's prayers. The temptation is to kind of tune out or like, how should I be thinking about this? How do I pray alongside someone else when someone else is, is speaking? I think those are all just very real questions. And I've had to remind myself that the purpose of prayer isn't merely sort of my relationship with God. It's not about personal piety or kind of individualistic spirituality, but is I, I am always and everywhere part of this broader community. I think that's actually that idea is actually embedded in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the disciples asked Jesus, uh, Lord, how should we pray? And Jesus tells them to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Um, our Father. And he could have done it differently. He could have introduced his prayer with pray just Father who is in heaven. But embedded in that prayer is we address, we're, we are addressing the Father as our Father. And immediately what that does is it reminds us, even when we're praying alone, it reminds us that I am praying as part of a family, that there are brothers and sisters who also have the ear of their father, that I am a firstborn son among firstborn sons. Um, I found this quote by uh, Herman Vitzius, a, 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 a pastor and scholar, uh, and he, he puts it this way, I think he puts it better than I can. He says, our father expresses likewise, this language expresses likewise, charity towards our neighbor who we include in our prayer as a partaker, either actually or prospectively, at the, of the same grace and adoption with ourselves. It means that wheresoever the person praying happens to be situated, even though he may happy to happen to be alone, he must always pray in the plural number. And I love that little last little line there. Even when I happen to be alone, I'm always actually praying a corporate prayer because I include, at least in my thought and, and my, my mind, the, the brothers and sisters who are also addressing the Father. So all prayer is in reality corporate prayer. And I guess that, that, that's a practical 
matter as well as a theological one. When I pray, I am always cognizant and I need to shape my thoughts and and how I'm when I imagine prayer to be I'm always cognizant that it's familial and to be familial is to be connected to brothers and sisters uh that that my my father has many sons and therefore kind of thinking about always their needs and uh their context as well as uh, as well as my own so I think it actually begins thinking doing better corporate prayers actually begins by having better kind of individual prayers. I need to reshape the way I think about prayer as a intrinsically familial activity. And then I've kind of tried try to translate that. Okay, well, what does that look like in church or in a Bible study or in a Sunday school setting when when other people are praying? You know, what what am I doing? I'm listening to my sister and my brother talk to my father. Uh, this is a family conversation that I am that I am being included in a part of it. It's just it's just a metaphorical frame of reference for thinking about what's going on here, and that helps me to see this person not as just another person's prayer, but as a family member's uh, uh, us going together, a family conversation together, participating. Um, in, in the divine council, which is another kind of amazing thing to think about. And the other just very practical way I, I, I kind of remind myself that this is valuable is that this is kind of like when I'm praying alongside or with somebody, uh, with somebody else, this is kind of like free prayer. In other words, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm engaged, but I don't have to come up with the right words. Actually, they're doing that for me. And I am I am giving my yes and amen either verbally or or mentally to to what they're saying as my sister or brother in in the faith, and so we are together approaching God for for the sake of His kingdom and the sake of His church that His will might be done on the earth, and their contribution to that discussion actually furthers the conversation in a way that I couldn't, um, and perhaps you know don't have the right perspective or the right motive or and and so they're they're helping me do the work of prayer better than I could do it alone because because that conversation is now that familial conversation is now better than either of us could do individually uh, so to think about the advantages of praying corporately has also just been a practical help to me